Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 15. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one who you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder. Crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spat on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and to build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the son of God. 
Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. It was preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph brought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in linen and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Jesus died. That idea had become so familiar to me, I almost treated it with contempt. If I'm honest, each Easter felt like a bit of a non-event until I ate some chocolate eggs. I liked that bit. The death of the Christ was, in my mind, a transaction that won me theoretical atonement. But, if I'm really honest, I didn't really think about the cross that much. I certainly didn't feel much emotion about it. Then one thing changed. I became real friends with Jesus. Now, when I read this passage, it seems throat-chokingly sad. When I meditate on this narrative today, it isn't a crucifix I'm picturing. It's my friend, in pain, and then dead. I remember my, seeing my grandfather's dead body carried out in a coffin, and that scarred my heart. I loved that man. The thought of my Jesus' body wrapped in cloth, being carried away and put in a cave is almost overwhelming. I know it had to happen, and I know that unbelievable amounts of goodness came out of it, but so much of my maturing in faith has come when I've stopped looking at what came out of the cross and started looking at the cross itself. Mark, and hence Peter, who was the voice behind the gospel, probably agreed. Mark's gospel has been described as a death narrative with an introduction. The gospel gives little explanation of the theological outcomes of the cross. The thrust of the narrative is on the events themselves. Every damned detail of Jesus' dereliction and death. I know it's not trendy, but can I ask if you're making time to dwell on Jesus' death? Maybe this week you can give yourself 20 minutes just to sit and think of Jesus and his cross. Don't try and make it a time of feeling guilty, not even really about worship or theology. Just choose to sit and imagine Jesus hung on the tree for hours. There is a deep, deep power in finding intimacy with Jesus on the cross. It's the kind of power that will change your life and never let you live the same way again. It's a power I long for you to find. Here's a question for reflection. How do you see the cross? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www 
and newtestamentjourney.net.